This is your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Glad to have you guys back again for another show. We got a lot to get to today, a lot of stuff on my little show rundown sheet. Chip Scoggins will join me here in just a moment to talk college football, talk a little twins as well. Um, I always love catching up with Chip, and so I'll get to that in just a minute. Um, Jake Cave, no longer a twin. What was your favorite Jake Cave moment? We'll talk about that a little bit. Got a good um, listener, reader question about the Big Ten, Big Ten Media Day, how it relates to Minneapolis. Got a Timberwolves thought, got some playoff baseball thought, and a Brett Favre thought. Punt Brett Favre to the moon. So tired of this guy. But uh, another development in the Brett Favre welfare um, case, I guess is how you put it. Um, Maybe more than that, but uh, we'll get to that towards the end of the show. A little departure in format today. Usually the interview, if you've been a a listener for a while, you notice that that usually comes a little bit later on. But I thought my interview with Chip Scoggins was so good um, and so interesting that I wanted to get to that earlier on today. I don't want to make you wait for what I consider probably to be the best part of today's show. So I'm going to get to that first today instead of making you uh, hold on for a few other minutes. Let's get Chip Scoggins back on. It's been a been a little while since Chip and I talked. He's resumed the uh, Football Across Minnesota feature column that's been very popular. So I wanted to talk to him about the latest installment a little bit. Also wanted to get some Gopher football thoughts and maybe some twins thoughts as well. Uh, Chip, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm I'm doing well, thanks. It's a as of recording. I'm sure it's, it'll be a little chillier as of listening, but it's like 80 degrees right now. <laughs> we're recording. It's ridiculous uh, mid October day, but I'm sure by the time. They play some uh, football games this weekend. It will cool down a little bit. Um, speaking of getting cooled down a little bit, though, Chip, uh, go for football. The difference in how we're talking about them right now, um, coming off one loss against Purdue and then the bye week, and then you kind of see some teams around them, especially Illinois, the team they will play on Saturday, have you know some some positive outcomes. I know there was a a little bit of a defensive tussle against Iowa, but the, you know, the week before that beating Wisconsin, um, this suddenly, you know, you, you went from talking about when's the next loss to, man, it, it's going to be, a, it's going to be hard for them to find a win anytime soon with Illinois and at Penn state back to back. Yeah. Well, this suddenly becomes the biggest game on the season and it's, you know, it's funny how things can change in one week and the way that the Gophers had played those first four games, the way they just, steamroll the opponent um made you feel like okay this is the best team in the west when you looked around at some of the the way the other teams were playing and then you know they really lay an egg and just um have some uncharacteristic mistakes in that purdue game and just they didn't play well um it was just a a really poor performance on the offense i thought the defense uh played well enough to win but the offense uh, just uh just kind of self uh imploded um and so now you look at Illinois and they're very good defensively. Uh, they have some, they're banged up on offense uh, with their quarterback. And so we'll see if uh, their starters uh, able to play or not, but um, the Gophers are favored to go in there and win. I think that's a part of uh, Illinois injuries, but also getting Muhammad Ibrahim back, um, which is going to be a big boost for them, obviously on the field, but I think also emotionally because he is their leader. He's their guy. And so, um, but the, the West is weird. Um, there's a, you know, 
there's not a clear cut favor right now. Uh, I think a lot of people are looking at Purdue because they've they've beaten the Gophers, and so they have that head to head tiebreaker if it comes down to that. But I don't think there's one team that you can say you know this is the clear cut. This is who you can trust to go win this division. And so um, it's still there for the Gophers. Now they can't you know they shrunk their margin of error, and it's that, this game Saturday. If they you know um, are going to be in the mix, they need to win because. Like you said, you go to Penn State next week, and uh, obviously that's going to be a tough challenge. So this is uh, this Illinois game is the biggest game on their of their season right now. I was over at uh, Gopher Access Tuesday. Linebacker Mariano Sorry Marin, who's who was on the podcast actually a few weeks ago, declared that they went one and zero on the bye week. So it sounds like they <laughs> uh, did uh, did some some good regrouping. That that said, Chip, did you see things in the Purdue game that make you concerned? big picture yeah. potentially, or do you feel like it's a one-off and they can kind of get back to where they were? No, I think um, the, the one area that really jumped out was how poorly their offensive line played. Uh, even I think PJ's exact words was they got dominated uh, by Purdue and Illinois is going to be the best front that they face. Illinois is really good defensively. Yes. They're number one nationally in scoring defense, two in total defense. They're very strong uh, in the trenches. And so that's going to be the key to me. Now, getting Mo back um, will help them because he's able to break tackles. We've seen him turn gains that should be zero or negative into four-yard you know, rushes because he's so powerful and, and shifty. Um, but that offensive line has to play better. I mean, they just do. It was the, the level of competition jumped up, and they didn't respond well to it. And the other thing was the inconsistency with their wide receiver core without Chris Ottman-Bell. Um, they, you know, Michigan State, they made all kinds of plays and a bunch of different guys stepped up. Purdue, they did not. He had, you know, dropped touchdown pass. It should have been. Um, I think some guys probably ran some wrong routes. It just didn't look like the same group. And so those two areas, to me, if they're going to be a team that is right there to be in the mix to win the West, those two areas have to be a lot better than they were against um, Purdue. And clearly, it's a program that is aiming for a higher profile. We saw Tuesday. Uh, now that's 10 years down the road, but adding, adding Alabama to the schedule gets your attention a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's who knows, you know, 10 years in college football <laughs> yes. feels like, you know, a million years at this point, the right. way the, the landscape's changing. Uh, I have my doubts that either coach will be there <laughs> 10 years yeah. from now. I might not be there too. You know, <laughs> God willing, I'll make it till, uh, 10 years from now, but, um, but, but this is how it works. You know, I know people are like, oh, this is 10 years out. Well, this is how scheduling in college football works. It's not a year-to-year thing. They, they have to schedule this far out. And so, but for people that complain about the schedule this year and playing, you know, a soft week schedule, this is what you want to see them do. I mean, again, there's no guarantee what shape either program is going to be in um, 10 years from now, but this is, um, this is what you would hope that the Gophers are doing, that they're scheduling uh big competition and, and this will be a fun trip no matter what the shape of the programs are this will be a fun trip for fans to go to because it's something you haven't seen yeah i'm sorry Mar- sorry Marin joke too that he and tanner morgan will be excited to play in the game uh, <laughs> acknowledging, the quarterback. <laughs> acknowledging they've been around <clears throat> for a little while but you know that that does get back to let, let's bring it back to, to football for one more thing before i ask you about um football across minnesota a little broader subject maybe some twins um you know Experience is supposed to be one of the calling cards of this year's team. They do have a lot of those guys that came back for extra time, and, and that probably needs to carry the day in in this game. How, how do you feel like that? You know, plays into especially the leadership, and especially as you think about 
They always seem to have this even keel and, and trying to get back into that mode where they, you know, they are leaning on those guys that have gotten them there before. Well, I, I thought that uh, the experience that they have would help them avoid a game like we saw against yeah. Purdue where it was a clunker. Right. But now that it's happened, you would hope that that experience plays a part in them being able to respond and bounce back. And, you know, a lot of these guys were there for a really bad loss last year in the non-conference. Right. Um, and, and they saw that you can regroup. And so I would hope that, you know, having Mo and Tanner and more, uh, uh, Soren Marin and, you know, Tyler Newman, all these guys that have played a lot of football that they understand that, okay, that was a bad loss that was a bad performance, but you know, all is not lost with their, their goal of trying to win the West that, you know, they still have a lot of season to play. So I would, I would hope that the maturity of those guys um, will play a part in how they go respond at Illinois. And I, I think they will, I, I think they'll bounce back. I, I really like their defense. I think their defense is going to keep them in pretty much most games and not every game. So it's just, they have a lot of speed there. It's just, is the offense going to click? And, and it, to me, Again, it goes back to that offensive line. Um, they did not perform well enough to beat Purdue, and so they're going to have to do that this this week against Saturday. Saturday against a really, really good, tough, physical Illinois defense. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With twenty four seven gaming, the good times never have to end, and you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. So I wanted to ask you about football across Minnesota. It's off to a really good start again this fall. What do you got cooking in the latest installment? Yeah, we're uh, doing it late, later and... Um... Fingers crossed, but uh, I think I'm going to have a conversation with um, Ethan Glenn, the uh, Bloomington Jefferson freshman who uh, had the tragic uh, accident, I guess you would call it, on a, on a tackle in a game earlier this year where he was left paralyzed. Um, Talked to his Ethan's dad, and, and uh, uh, we'll see, but I, I hopefully have a conversation with Ethan and his mom. He's in a, in a rehab facility in Colorado right now, uh, working really hard, and so hopefully um, – Sounds like he's really attacking it with the same kind of mindset that he approached sports, very determined, very focused, very driven. Uh, he's impressed his uh, medical team down there with how um, uh, his courage and his uh, kind of inconquerable spirit in the way he's uh, dealing with this. And so um, hopefully have a conversation with him and that'll be the next one. And we got some uh, pretty cool features in uh, in mind that are, uh, down the road. And so, yeah, it's been this year too, and it's been uh, a lot of fun getting to um, share stories and hear stories uh, from the football community in Minnesota that um, might otherwise not get told. Well, yeah. And you, <clears throat> the, the, the fun thing about it, and one, you know, one of the really interesting things about it is you can kind of write about any level you can write about. You can just go find the story. And obviously some things jump out at you and you're going to write about the big stories. You're going to write a little bit about the Vikings, a little bit about the Gophers, things like that. Those are the things that you know are of interest to readers, no matter what. But, you know, one thing I'm always curious about when I talk to other writers and, you know, I have some of this Liberty as well, just to go out and kind of find what I think is interesting. How, how do you, how do you find when you can, when you can write about anything, how do you find the thing you want to write about? Yeah. Well, it's, it's really, I try to, 
I mean, there's so much coverage of the Vikings and Gophers. And and I do like the way in there with, with you know, there's different components of the right. football across Minnesota where there's game balls or things that, you know, the 15-yard penalty stuff that, uh, you know, coaching decision that maybe I didn't like or whatever. So I can get to that and have, a you know, some kind of presence with the Vikings and Gophers. But I like human interest. I like offbeat. Um, you know, I'm playing and I kind of uh, give a little tease here. Um, in the fall, there's a lot of farmers in this state that do their uh, harvesting, watching the Gophers on Saturday and the Vikings on Sunday from their combine. Well, I might visit one of those uh, this weekend and, and be in a combine while the Gophers are playing. So, I mean, to me, those are kind of stories that I think resonate. And yeah. it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's not your traditional kind of football story, but I hope it's, it tells what's, you know, for a lot of people, that is their uh, lifestyle. Uh, for a lot of farmers, this is how they connect with um, the Minnesota football scene, particularly Gophers and Vikings. Um, and so, like, to me, that interests me. I, I find that fascinating. And so, like, you, we arrange our schedule so I can go do that. And, you know, our editor, Chris Carr, has been really, really um, helpful and accommodating to allow me to go find stories in FAM. And if I don't, you know, write a daily column because I have to go do something for fam, uh, he's great about saying, "Yeah, let's let's do that." I imagine those two, the you, the the farmer on the combine story, that that really piqued my curiosity too. And I imagine like technology has changed to the point where you're right; they can watch the game, not just listen to the game. Or I suppose like a generation ago, it was all on the radio and things like that. Sure, if they, if they were going to do that. Yeah, now you have iPads and they're hooked sure. up. And, um, I'm obviously not a farmer, so I don't know how it works. But I, I think you know, <laughs> uh, some have the iPads. Some still do it the old school way of. Uh, listen to Mike Grimm on Saturday and Daryl Thompson and, and Paul Allen on Sunday with the Vikings. And so they still like to do the, the, uh, but the, you know, that's, this is an important time of the year for those farmers who are doing the harvesting and, and it's not like they can say, yeah, I'll just take the Saturday off and go, you know, go to the game. This, you know, for some of them, that's not a, a possibility. And so uh, this is how they connect with them. They've done it for generations. And um, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, it'll be a new experience for me. Um, so it should be a, a fun Saturday. Chip, one more thought for you quick on the Twins. Derek Falvey met with the local media on Monday, kind of outlined the path forward, and it was a lot of stay the course talk. Um, said he kind of liked the the base they have right now if he could just kind of wave a magic wand, which I don't believe he has, but <laughs> if he could and say everybody's going to be healthy next year, he kind of likes where they would start from. I was I mean, I wasn't surprised by the message and I see some merit in it, but I was kind of over underwhelmed overall by the, the lack of, we got to get better that it was more of a message of we're okay. As long as we can, as long as we get a little bit better luck. Um, where do you, where do you stand on kind of the twins going into 2023 and, and how realistic it is to make more minor changes rather than major changes to get better. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I sort of figured I wrote a column a couple of weeks ago cause I was getting sick of hearing about the injuries. Yeah. And yes, let's be honest. We, for the millionth time injuries did affect our season, but that's not the only reason this team failed. Right. And it's become too convenient to just say, well, if we get healthy, we're going to be fine. Well, one, you can't count on health, not with this organization. No, you know, even if they fired um, the trainer, which is convenient, which they, know. which they've done. And, and, are they going to have as, you know, this number of injuries? Probably not. I mean, this is, you know, this might be the outlier, but, you know, if we're banking on Kenta Maeda being great again next year, well, that's sort of a roll of the dice, right? Yes. Um, 
if you're banking on Byron Buxton being healthy, that's definite roll of the dice when you based on what evidence. And so um, it sounds like just reading, I wasn't there, but it sounds like, you know, he's not inclined to go out and, which has not been their MO, spend a ton of money to try to find a true ace that they think that they have the depth in their rotation. I, I, I don't know. I, I wish they would do that. Um, I wish for once they would go. And they've spent money on position players. We saw it with Correa, which he's not coming back. No. Um, I think he's made that pretty abundantly clear in his in his comments at the end of the season. Um, if you devote that money to, to pitching, I know there's injuries and there's always that fear that they're one pitch away from Tommy John. But, um, I, I you know, they're banking on best-case scenarios of these guys that I don't know that all of them are going to come through with your best case scenario. Yeah. That's the thing that bothers me about it. And I, 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 the thing that strikes me about it too, is I, I think this is the plan. Cause I don't know what the other plan would be. You know what well, I mean? Like I don't spend money and go get an ace, <laughs> but I mean, and I, they're not going to do that. They're I don't know if gonna they're going to do, do that. And I don't even know of that. Like it, just in terms of like a bigger shakeup or a thing. I, I don't know. They don't, they don't really have the farm system. They don't really have, they're not really at a point in their trajectory where I don't know if it makes sense to do anything else. I just kind of feel like this is, this is the plan for lack of a better plan. Essentially. Well, here's the, and, and this is what I wrote too. Like, are they going to continue down this? We're not going to let our pitchers go through the third time through the order. doesn't again. sound they, like it. That, that sounds like they don't love that, but they, they sure did it this year. Well, then you have to upgrade your pitch and you yes. have to get these guys to stay healthy and you have to have a rock solid bullpen. You can't just patchwork it together and say, we're going to bring in a couple, you know, reclamation projects and hope that it works out, but we're only going to let them pitch four or five innings and we're going to have a bullpen. We don't trust. I mean, that math doesn't work. No. So that's where I wonder, again, they're banking on Supreme health, which um, I just don't know if that's realistic. I really no. don't. No, not on either. Well, we'll see. It's a long baseball season's a long ways off. We'll have a lot of football talk before we get to any more baseball talk, probably. But I wanted to get your thoughts on that because I talked about that a lot on Tuesday's show. Chip, good stuff. Um, Illinois this weekend for the Gophers. I'm sure we'll talk again soon, and we'll enjoy the, uh, the latest installment of Fam and all the rest of them. Take care. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Just a couple postscripts to that conversation with Chip Scoggins. Um, the interview he was hoping to get did indeed happen on Tuesday. You can read the full football across Minnesota in your Wednesday Star Tribune and on StarTribune.com this morning, today, Wednesday. So hope you enjoy that. We talked about the Twins a little bit. No real losses here to to, to really um, lament, but some some housekeeping to, to a certain degree. You know, Twins having to trim their roster at the end of the year. Lost a few players to waiver claims, including Jake Cave, longtime Twins uh, Twins outfielder, reserve outfielder. Probably did not expect to be playing as much as he did this season, but injuries um, kind of turned him into an Ironman over the last couple months of the season. He was claimed. Uh, he w- he was claimed by Baltimore. Um, Jermaine Palacios, reserve infielder who played for the Twins this year, probably did not have much of a future with them. Did not necessarily impress me this year he was claimed by Detroit um, Caleb Hamilton backup catcher claimed by uh, by Boston so you know a lot of different uh, different different things going on Devin Smeltzer uh, placed on waivers but he actually got through waivers assigned to triple uh, a St. Paul so good news there I think Smeltzer maybe has some you know in a, another uh, another option for them this year but the, the biggest name in there is Jake Cave who played 
a lot of games here with the Twins. He was, uh, you know, he did he did some good work here. He did some decent stuff. He he's kind of had some some decline years. The gray beard maybe makes him look older than he is. He's not that old. He's only twenty nine. But uh, the end of the Jake Cave era. I don't know if you had a favorite Jake Cave moment, but there will not be any more unless he somehow finds his way back to the Twins later on. Let's get to a listener reader question from uh, from at Girl Gopher, one of the original Randball commenters way back in the day. Um, she had a good question. She said, if you didn't live here, would you hate coming here for Big Ten Media Days? And obviously Big Ten Media Days for men's and women's basketball happening in Minneapolis this year. Um, ahead of uh, some of those uh, the Big Ten tournaments being here for both of those sports here in the coming years. So um, that, I like that question because it gets to the heart of what journalists look for in a host city, a convention city. And, and what I would say about Minneapolis is it kind of feels like a good place to host events. And certainly we've had our share of you know big events over the years. We had the Final Four for men's basketball and women's basketball. Of course, we had the Super Bowl. A few years ago, we've had all sorts of things here, um, neutral site events. But the thing that makes a a city good to kind of come into and spend a few days, and I think I feel like mid-sized cities like Minneapolis are almost better than the biggest of the big cities because the biggest of the big cities, like you know, Chicago and New York, you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to get everywhere you want to. It's a little bit daunting to get around in places like this. Don't get me wrong. Love those places. If I had a, ch- a a choice of where to go on vacation, I would go to a city like that over a city like Minneapolis or Indianapolis. But if I'm going somewhere for work to cover something, all you really want is ease of getting in and out of places. You want a downtown with plenty of hotels that's reasonable to walk around in. You want enough good restaurants. You want this and that. You want the ease of logistics more than anything else. So I think Minneapolis is a good city for that. If I was coming here to cover this event, if I didn't live here, I think Minneapolis would be a, a very fine place to uh, to just parachute into for a couple days and then parachute out of and having enjoyed myself to a certain degree and most of all, having not been annoyed with logistical problems. So that's what I'd say. I think I would be pleased with the way Minneapolis handled things and I think they do good work on that front all along the way here. Speaking of basketball, uh, you should read, by the way, read Lavelle E. Neal's column, read Marcus Fuller's coverage of Big Ten Media Days. Also read Chris Hines' coverage of the Timberwolves, StarTribune.com. Read, uh, read his report that said, uh, that said sounds like Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert will play together in the, in the preseason finale on Friday at Target Center. Now, it sounds like Gobert will get rest uh, Wednesday night when the Wolves play the Lakers in Los Angeles, but then when they play Brooklyn on Friday in that final preseason tune-up, uh, the both of them will take the floor together. They want to make sure they have a little bit of chemistry in those game situations while also preserving their health. Of course, Gobert you know, played a lot of the Eurobasket tournament. Towns had that illness over you know, right before camp started that, that kind of derailed him a little bit, but both of them back on the court and uh, able to practice and get those reps in in that case. But uh, you will see them on the court together on Friday, it sounds like, at Target Center. And, uh, you know, interesting, the season's only a week away. season starts one week from today, and a lot of anticipation for this season. Well, all that really matters is getting them on the same page when the year starts. A lot of, you know, a lot of anticipation for how that will look and uh, pairing those two big guys together. So you may get a taste of it Friday, and then you get the real thing a week from now. 
Let's get to a baseball thought. I know we already talked about Jake Cave a little bit, but I, I got a thought about baseball playoffs here as I was watching the Yankees and the Guardians on um, on Tuesday night. Yankees took a one nothing series lead, a rather casual 4-1 win over Cleveland, a little bit of drama and hilarity when Josh Donaldson, former twin, thought he hit a tie-breaking home run when the ball actually bounced off the top of the right field wall and he was thrown out basically celebrating in his home run trot thrown out between first and second base didn't end up costing the Yankees though and that's that's to my point here nothing really ends up seeming to cost the Yankees when they're playing you know playing these postseason games playing against teams like Cleveland or in so many years like the Twins where they just have these obvious spending advantages when they could put Garrett Cole out there on the mound Cole very sharp in this game and it just occurred to me as I was watching this game that that could have been the Twins it's been the Twins so many times over the years, so many of those 18 consecutive postseason losses have been at the hands of the Yankees. And, you know, it would have been nice to see the Twins, you know, finish off this season in better shape and better form than what we saw them do this year. They spent so much of the year, you know, contending in first place to 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 a large extent before, you know, succumbing to injuries and their own lack of depth. And Cleveland just really overtook them in the division race down the stretch. But it does not pain me at all to watch the postseason and see the Twins not being the bug on the windshield that they've been for so many so many of these years. That could have been them. That could have been them losing a very breezy and casual first first game of the American League Division Series. Instead, um, you know they're at home making preparations for the uh, for for next season again. Not what they would want to do, but uh, you know not watching them lose in the postseason that's that's not going to break anybody's heart right now even if you'd rather see them get in and give it a try um it's it's been them so many times let cleveland take some of these lumps right now instead of the twins let's finish with the cooler brett Favre. like i said at the outset punt brett Favre to the moon this guy i'm serious next step in his uh Ah, just in his uh, his ongoing saga is releasing a statement to Fox News Digital about how he's being smeared by the media in response to uh, his involvement in this welfare investigation in Mississippi, saying, I have been unjustly smeared in the media. Uh, I've done nothing wrong, and it is time to set the record straight. And, uh, you know, sending out a uh, a statement to one sympathetic outlet is definitely uh what you do uh not taking questions that's definitely what you do when you want to set the record straight this guy is an idiot you can tell that he was trying to get away with something here basically trying to use um, temporary assistance for needy families money 77 million dollars in that money um diverted reading from the espn.com story diverted from the poorest people in the poorest state in America towards rich and powerful Mississippians, and Brett Favre was right at the heart of it. Now, he's saying he had no real understanding of what was going on, saying state agencies provided the funds to uh, Nancy News Charity, uh, the Mississippi Community Education Center, and gave the funds to the university, all of with the full knowledge and approval of other state agencies. He said, I was told the legal work to ensure that these funds could, could be accepted by the university was done by the state attorneys and state employees. Next paragraph, Mississippi Auditor Shad White, who has investigated the case, disagreed with Favre's recounting of events, which is a polite way of saying Shad White is calling Brett Favre the liar that he is. Obviously, Mr. Favre knew that he was being paid in government funds based on the texts. 
Shad White told the Associated Press on Tuesday, quote, he knew that those funds were coming from the Department of Human Services. He's obviously acknowledged that he needed to repay those funds, too. Uh, Favre's lawyer, by the way, told Fox that Favre, quote, never got paid for a no-show appearance. Anyone's claim otherwise does not know the true facts. Uh, he did not, however, respond to ESPN's request for comment. It could not be reached, ESPN said on Tuesday. Definitely also what you do if you are trying to set the record straight. So Favre, not the subject of a criminal investigation right now. This is all stuff coming up from the from a civil case, including all these text messages that came out a couple weeks ago. Just so tired of greedy people trying to be more greedy. Favre right in the middle of this. I hope he gets whatever's coming to him in this case because whatever he did, whatever he knew or didn't know, it doesn't look good for him right now. And uh, whatever's coming to him, let it happen. That will do it for today. Should have Sarah McClellan on Thursday's show talking wild ahead of their season opener on Thursday. Great conversation with her, so I hope you enjoy that as we ramp up coverage of all things Minnesota sports. Busy, busy, busy time of the year, but uh, all of it good, and I hope you enjoy it. That's it for today. See you again on Thursday.